Hi there! Uh, this is Digital Loop Season 2, Episode 13. We're more than halfway through our second season. It's, uh, what time is it? It's 8.30 a.m. here in London. It's 9.30 in, uh, in Warsaw, where Ivan is. Hi, Ivan. And it's actually 4.30, where Christelle is. Hi, Christelle. Christelle Keck, our guest today. Hi, Ivan. How are you? Oh, she's now, of course. Now that we started, she has some issues with her Wi-Fi. Hold on. Uh, so while while we uh, she's actually rejoining the show with you, but don't worry, uh, Christelle. We're actually handling that. So I'm gonna present who she is. So Christelle has so much done, so much stuff. It's kind of hard to actually go through all her uh, resume uh, with her. So she's being uh, named as one of the top ten digital strategists by the Guardian, actually, and in 2013. Uh, she's being. Uh, She's been actually also the uh, I think a festival of media Asia rising star. She used to work at Samsung. Before that, she was at uh, what was it again? I'm sorry, Havas. Uh, go through the uh, through. Yeah, go ahead. Havas. 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 Exactly. Havas. Which Thank both, you very much. Uh, I've, I've, I've actually um, uh, interviewed the uh, the the CEO, your CEO back then when he was a CEO, uh, David Jones at at the web. So she did all these things, and after all these things, what does she do now? She's at Twitter. I mean, I'm I'm sure some people like uh, have heard about Twitter. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit what you do at Twitter, Christelle? Oh, so well, I love Twitter a lot, and to be honest with you, this is really my dream job because every single day I get paid to look at Twitter. I get paid to really understand the platform and really marvel at how amazing this real-time medium has really changed a lot of people's lives. And it's not standard marketing spiel, but it's really the truth how it has sparked social movements. It has sparked so many different brands to start humanizing themselves. Given us an outlet to really, you know, uh, bring the whole democracy of the internet to life. So what I do at Twitter is to really actually help um, advertisers and brands understand. And we lost her again. Can you hear her? Oh, God damn it! The internet is against us. Don't move, Christelle. We're just. I think uh, not well. <laughs> okay, now, now we got you again. I'm sorry. The the internet is uh, the gods of the internet are a little bit against us here in Asia. We're in Europe. So go on. Yeah, you were saying yeah after democracy. Go on. Sorry for that. Yeah, so I wanted to say that um, over here at Twitter, what I really do as part of the global content team and as part of the marketing team based here in Singapore for the region, we actually help advertisers and brands understand um, how to tell the story better on Twitter, um, how to capitalize on real time moments how to understand user context, user intent, and basically that's what I do. So I look after the key storylines for our main products like Direct Response, TV and Twitter. Um, so it's very exciting. I do a lot of different projects just to really develop our audiences here, develop content strategy for different brands. Ivan? No, I mean, I'm, I'm also a, a, a big fan and a lover of Twitter. I don't understand. I have the problem here. Probably we should bring you here, at least for a little bit. Um, in Poland, a lot of people don't understand Twitter. A lot of people think that it's just about, you know, putting what you had for breakfast and just, you know, you know, there is no real context. And what I always explain is the fact that uh, some of the, the, the closest relationships that in, in distance that I have met and that I have built in the past five, six, seven years have been based on Twitter on the fact that we have this opportunity to connect, to, to interact, to share uh, each other's uh, stuff, 
Uh, and little by little, this starts to lead to build relationships. And, and, and if we look at it from the point of view of brands, how every single day you can start building a, a, a solid relationship based on interesting, relevant, and, and entertaining content, this is fascinating. I mean, so, so I, I think this is fantastic what you guys are doing over there in Asia. Yeah, so um, to your point, that's a very interesting thing because we've also realized that people on uh, Twitter, um, they fundamentally use it for three different reasons. Um, number one is self-expression, number two is human connection, and number three is content discovery. And what we have found as well is that if you do only one out of three of them, you would drop out of Twitter. If you do two or more, you definitely would have a much higher chance of staying on Twitter, being really engaged and really building your following, your network, and using it in a way that makes you comfortable. Because the truth is a lot of people actually use Twitter for content discovery, um, but they might drop out if they find a newsreader app, because Twitter is not supposed to be a newsreader app per se, right? But if you use it for content discovery and to connect with people who share the same passion points as you do, then you'll use Twitter a lot more often and in a lot more meaningful fashion. So that's why you need self-discovery, human connection, and content discovery, and if you choose any two of the three, you can use Twitter in a more meaningful fashion. So that's one point. But, but isn't also actually, I mean, we've seen that Twitter has released uh, some updates to its services. I mean, they are doing a lot of uh, attempts and tryouts these past uh, few weeks. I mean, there have been rumors, and I don't ask you to actually go into any of them, uh, testing, yes. re uh, removing the uh, ad replies, so removing basically what uh, the, sca the scaffolding. So the ad replies, the retweets, so instead of sharing retweet, maybe sharing to followers. So basically, maybe not the details, but the point is to make it actually simple, uh, simpler for, for new users to actually understand what it's about, so to make the onboarding process uh, more, uh, more, more simple, because it's true, you, you just mentioned these three attributes that, uh, that want us to have in order to actually uh, stick. As a, as a user, but we know that in the past Twitter had a problem with people sticking. I mean, we have people like us, we have a, like a following already, we've been around for a while, so it's not a problem. The problem is more about onboarding of new people. So in Asia as well, are you seeing, this, uh, are you seeing these attempts from Twitter to actually make it easier to understand what it actually is about? Yeah, correct. So I think um, any single platform, not just Twitter itself, we always face this problem, right? Um, you have your massive base of power users, and you have to accommodate um, the new users to come on board without feeling too intimidated by the platform. So what we've actually done is to actually set up this uh, separate website called discover.twitter.com. So discover.twitter.com actually allows users to better understand how to jump on Twitter, uh, follow different people of different passion points, whether it's sports and entertainment, government, um, TV, and allow you to actually really see how you can use Twitter on your mobile phone, how to connect with different people, how to use Twitter search. So that is kind of a little step for us to try and connect that gap between the new users and the powerful ways you can really use the platform. And the truth is, you know, when we all started on Twitter, right, like I started seven years ago, Paul, I think, Paul and Ivan, I think yours, both of you gentlemen would have started a few years ago as well. We had to figure out many of these things on our own, right? Like what is a Twitter handle? What is a hashtag? What is MTRTHT? Like, you know, why the hell do we have all these different abbreviations, right? So I think for the new user, this is very intimidating, and that's why we built up this little platform called discover.twitter.com to really bring out 
that for to say, hey, it's not as intimidating as you see. As you see, let's go through my passion point. Let's after that connect your address book to see who else is on Twitter and start talking from there. Ivan, um, one of the things that I noticed, you know, because we're connected on Twitter, uh, it's also the fact that you are not just active uh, in the virtual world in Twitter. You're actually going in in the real world and you are meeting with people and you're talking with them. Uh, can you share a little bit maybe what are the initiatives that you guys are doing over there? Yep. so actually it's very interesting because uh, we just launched a couple of new initiatives for the region. So we like to really give back to the community and get involved in meaningful outreach efforts. So one of them is actually called Twitter for Leaders. Um, Twitter for Leaders is actually a partnership program that we're having with INSEAD in this region uh, that will be carried out by our marketing team here uh, to really reach out to C-level executives to help them understand transformational leadership and how do you actually use Twitter as a vehicle for uh, investor relations, for your personal brand, for really connecting with different uh, employees. Another different program they're actually launching is Twitter for Women. So Twitter for Women is more of our way to really get involved in the women's community in Asia Pacific to help them understand how to use Twitter for their small medium business efforts. Um, we have a couple other programs as well, as well for creativity and for brands like Live Studio, which is a pop-up creative studio that we actually bring to different agency networks so that they can actually brainstorm live creative solutions for Twitter. Shopping uh, programs is a case study program that we actually have Christelle, Christelle, we're going to interrupt you. Hold on, because you're you breaking out again, the same thing. And I'm, uh, I've been, I, I, for those who are actually looking at the show, <laughs> not looking, no, don't worry, you're going to come back. That's how Google, Google Plus Hangout works. For those who actually are seeing the show and are not actually listening on podcast, You've seen that uh, some of the some of the videos have changed because I've adapted the bandwidth. That's actually okay. So I think now I've got you back. Yeah, Christelle, so you can go on. I think sorry for that, but you broke out for like just ten seconds, and we had to interrupt you. So go on. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, no problem, no problem. I'll just continue. So yes, chopping program is a case study. Um, strategic value add that we have for all of our clients, which includes things like we. We'll create a video testimonial, we'll create um, interactive graphics, we'll create different materials based on what we have actually done on Twitter. So these are just some of our top line programs that we have in the region for, for that. And of course, Take Flight, which is our agency training program, because I think what we really want to drive home in this region, uh, my team and myself uh, collectively, is to really help brands, help agencies, help people really understand how to use Twitter better for what they want to use it for. Whether it's self-expression, human connection, and content discovery, how to advertise on Twitter, how to tell better stories, how to really use Twitter as a true real-time uh, platform to capitalize on real-time moments and to look out for real-time opportunities. You, you've actually, you have actually just written. I've, I've seen that on, on your Twitter feed. You just written a, an article, and I have it here for Marketing Interactive, where you actually talk because this is the you, since you mentioned brands at the end of, of your intervention now. So brands is obviously a big part of Twitter, not only for advertising, but also because you know Twitter also looks for brands to be on board uh, and yeah. to deliver like great content. So you, and you, you can you tell us a little bit more? These people have not have access to the article yet. Can you can you can you tell us a little bit more about what you wrote there? 
Oh wow, okay. So I need to go and go back and recap and think about what I wrote. Um, no, but there was one. There was one part to be very. There was one part that interests me. You said interest, uh, understand real time signals uh, of context and intent, right? Because you just mentioned real time, and you see, so as Twitter, you said he's not a newsreader. Twitter is something that's very live. They're very, you know, the content keeps going very fast. Although you have, like you said, a discovery, you have other ways to actually ask con yeah. uh, um, uh, access content that is not up to the second, but that has been actually shared by a lot of people. But I mean, it's. Still, still, Twitter is really heavily linked to this kind of aspect of the real-time aspect of it. So yeah. how do brands leverage that is always the key because when you have an event, it seems pretty much understandable, but how can brands actually better understand these contexts of this intent that Twitter has built uh, um, inherently? Okay, so I think on that question, what we have at Twitter is something called plan for the moment. Um, and just to clarify and to define what we mean by a moment, a moment is literally a tweet that someone sends out and one billion moments like this are shared every two days. So we have a uh, framework called Plan for the Moment, which we actually uh, divide into a little quadrant mm -hmm. and um, across always on an event, planned and unplanned. And all these moments you can classify to four different types, everyday moments, connected moments, unpredictable moments like customer service and live moments in your case of course like the famous example of the Oreo Super Bowl thing yeah. which happened in 2013. But I think what is more interesting is looking at everyday moments which are part of always on content planning and definitely something that a brand can capitalize and take advantage of um, if you plan it advance. So for say for instance a Nike would dominate the hashtag running, uh, hashtag running that is a moment that a lot of people take part in every single day when they exercise and they tweet about it. So how do you design content that can address that particular moment where people are talking about exercise and having a healthy lifestyle? I think that would be an interesting thing to capitalize and really own that share of voice on Twitter. Um, connected moments are something that is happens during an event for a brand, say for instance uh, a planned campaign like TV and Twitter. So in a couple of the countries we actually actually have the TV and Twitter partnership, uh, we have TV conversation targeting, we have Twitter Amplify with different channel partners. So these are the different campaigns that you can carry out and we have very robust targeting options across the web for this. Of course, I think the challenge that we have on Twitter as well is that many people use it for customer service. And this is my personal opinion, but I think for customer service, we aren't necessarily built for the best customer service channel that there is. Yes, it is real time, but you're not utilizing the best part of what Twitter can do if you're just focusing on customer service and if you rely on it wholly just to address customer inquiries. So I think there's a difference between customer service and real user engagement that brands still don't get per se, and that is something that we have to help brands figure out. I think for live moments, I think Paul, Paul, Ivan, you have seen this for yourself as well. A lot of different brands have social war rooms, social intelligence centers. They put up all these fancy, you know, listening um, solutions and put up all these interactive graphics. And you go, wow, this all looks so fancy. And the truth is, this is really catching steam. And even in this part of the world, Asia, we have a lot of different brands right now, like the likes of Lenovo, Philips, um, who are actually doing this, constructing their own social war rooms. And Twitter is a perfect uh, complement to live events. 
a perfect complement to uh, TV. And of course, this is a perfect example of how we actually really can help brands take advantage of live events, uh, push out real-time content, and get involved in a social warm situation during a live event, say the Super Bowl, or in Asia, maybe the Southeast Asian Games. It's a big local cultural moment in this part of the world. And how do you build real-time content that is relevant and is in line with your brand proposition that you can actually push out? So, um, I, know, I, know, I know I talked a lot, but I have a lot. No, 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 it's fine. Please, please, hey. go as much as you want. You this, is, this, is, this is your show. I mean, go ahead. Um, <laughs> One thing I wanted to ask you is, um, because one of the things, for example, the phenomenon of this real-time marketing and the fact that brands can uh, um, ride on the wave of an event, and unfortunately I have the feeling that most brands don't get it. Don't, don't, most of the people are trying to copy what has been successful in the past. Uh, like, for example, the, the, the Oreos, the big Oreos uh, uh, tweet uh, during yeah. the Super Bowl uh, last year. Uh, all of a sudden, now you have all the brands trying to come up with a with a funny, catchy uh, thing to do during the Oscars, during the Super Bowl, during every single event. And I have the impression that most brands are trying too hard, and and in a way they are just like trying to catch up the moment to beat the competitors. And yeah. I think there is this lack of understanding of of really understanding the context and and the connection of the brand with a specific element. One of the things that I think was fantastic, I don't know if you, you, you noticed during the Grammys, when Pharrell Williams uh, played with uh, uh, Daft Punk, uh, Get Lucky, the hat, and Arby's, Arby's, Arby's put a, a, a very funny tweet saying like, okay, uh, Pharrell, congratulations, can you give us back our hat, or something like this. I thought it was fantastic, and, and, and the problem is that I guess many brands, I'm ranting here, many brands don't get it. They are just trying to copy, and they're just trying to do what has been successful in the past. Do you uh, advise companies also how they can take advantage of, of Twitter in a better way without trying too hard, or, or is it something that hopefully advertising agencies and marketers will get as the time goes on? What do you think? Um, I think that's an interesting point because people can smell it out, can sniff it out whether you're trying too hard or whether you're just being yourself and being an authentic brand. And I think um, on this part of the story, yes, there are many different brands who are trying to replicate success. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> it's not me. But anyway, go on, go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, where was I? Um, uh, yeah. So I think a lot of different brands and different people, right? They want to replicate um, the success of Oreos because they saw how phenomenal it was when a brand became like a human again, right, on Twitter. And the intent is good, but sometimes the execution can come across as too gimmicky for different people. And I think people just say, oh, are the brands trying too hard? And the truth is, I think we have to give brands a bit of leeway, a bit of legroom here because if they are being too serious and they and too salesy, uh, you'll scold them for it. And if they're trying too hard and trying to be too humanized, they will say, "Oh, you're just trying too hard. You're not real human. You're just a brand." So, I think there really isn't a no-win-win situation here per se. But it'll be useful to see how a brand can really bring together a lot of advocates and um, use them as more 
organic vehicles to distribute content for them in the widest sphere during a live event like this. That's number one. Um, and it's more organic than just the brand talking about how funny he or she is, right? I'm just thinking out loud, so. No. Oh. So if you say that you're funny, right? I, I wouldn't believe you. But if someone, if your advocates say that, oh my god, you know, Arby's is really funny, like going back to Ivan's point, right? Then we'll believe them, right? So, yeah, I, I think it's kind of like a marriage of everything. Yeah. And uh, probably just because a lot of a lot of brands will actually have that question, uh, because content is one thing. So the, the the fact we actually leverage these kind of moments, as you said, but as well also continuum the continuum of, of those moments. What about advertising? I mean, is advertising. I mean, is that for, I mean, uh, Twitter offers a, very, a, a few options for advertising. Well, the most the most well known is a promoted tweet. So basically, a tweet is being pushed. Uh, up on your stream, and you keep seeing it according to your geography, interest, blah blah blah. Do you think? I mean, do you think that brands uh, should leverage both at the same time? Yes, I think so because um, you can't. The thing about Twitter, which I really like, um, is that you would never compromise on your brand's organic reach. Your followers is your followers, and your tweet would always uh, get the organic reach that you've really built up. And I think a promoted tweet, what we really want to do is just to make sure that you get the added stickiness and that uh, needed push to really make sure that your tweet stays there and gets maximum exposure as much as you can, right? But getting impressions and one thing is one thing. I mean, in this age, you can buy eyeballs, but earning attention is one other different question, <laughs> as I wrote in my article. <laughs> I think for promoted products, that's one part of it, and it really reaches the top of the funnel when you look at awareness. If you really want to go through the whole funnel when it comes to maximizing loyalty, nurturing, and converting people, um, we have a really great suite of direct response products that we actually are focusing on for this year. Things about you know lead generation cards, ad downloads, uh, because we are inherently mobile, an inherently mobile company, and what is great about the different advertising solutions that we're trying to push right now is that we you don't have to think about your mobile strategy. We've already figured out all the mobile stuff for you. What you just have to do is just to give us what you want to achieve, what do you want to what do you want to drive, what are your campaign goals, and your content, your message will be spread across mobile, tablets, um, the desktop, and everything is measured cross device. So uh, I would I would add I would add it's true that uh, I think we said that a few episodes ago with with Ivan. I mean, uh, Twitter started basically with a mobile ID because 100, 140 characters was derived out of the SMS, then went a little bit too far on the desktop side before actually completely reverting again to uh, yeah. to a mobile. Actually, uh, recently I don't know it was not on all regions, but if you were trying to access uh, Twitter. Uh, with uh, not being signed in on your desktop, it would actually redirect you to download to, to your phone and say, oh, you should download Twitter on your phone, so meaning that the message was really get Twitter on your phone, which makes it even more personal, makes it even more obviously mobile, makes it even more real-time because you have it at, at all times with you. The other thing that's actually interesting is, and that's also interesting for you because you come right now at Twitter in terms of content, is actually Twitter has actually really moved into a more content uh, platform because uh, with a Twitter card so that the, these tools that allow a piece of content to appear on the stream, whether it's a link 
that has like a brief description with a piece of media, yeah. obviously a picture. And we've seen the release of the four pictures and the tagging. Tagging yeah. is very smart, yeah. by the way. Oh because, you have it. <laughs> well, you know, tagging is extremely smart because tagging having to be able to tag people without having to use uh, the the character count limit is actually uh, really smart. It's the start of the annotation, but let's not go there because we might not have time. But basically, pushing all these type of contents videos, uh, very multimedia videos. That's obviously had uh, some resistance because some people would, didn't like. Actually, they liked the stream being very bare bones, and now you have this content. And the la latest thing is, actually, I have it on my phone already. Not everybody has it. Uh, and you might have it on your profile as well. It's the new architecture, the new scaffolding again of, of Twitter. When you see, looks some people say it looks like more like Facebook. Uh, that's not a debate. The debate is actually the content is pushed forward. It used to be a stream yeah. of, of of text, a stream of text before we became enhanced. And now, actually, when you look at it, is that really the content stands out uh, way more than it used to. So, meaning that you actually Twitter is really pushing this. Uh, for for content, and I'm sure. So you just told us about initiatives, and I'm sure you're still going to go forward. Uh, for old timers like us, sometimes we just like, oh no, why is that again? But actually, you know, you know what? It actually works pretty well, and I'm using some of these Twitter card stuff for newsletter and stuff, and it works really well. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad that you like Twitter cards. To be honest, even before I joined Twitter, I really like Twitter cards because it is media forward, and it really brings out that content that you want to showcase, and it gives more weightage, I would say, to photos and to links and the different types of, well, I don't like to keep saying it, but content that you share on Twitter. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a good thing. And I think the new scaffolding, like what you mentioned, it really brings out our the richness of um, content that people actually share on Twitter itself. And, well, we definitely have people who prefer the old way and say, oh, we prefer the ticker stream type, type of updates, you know, where it's all text, everything is 140 characters, um, it's so much simpler, you know, things are much better in the old days. But you know what? I mean, with every single platform update, with every single feature update, everybody, you always have two sets of accounts. Someone complains and someone someone likes the update. So I'm going to like And some people see you use a rotary phone and a black and white television. You know, at some point, you have to move on. So that's... Do you have a, a, a last question? Because we're actually running out of time. Uh, I don't want people to be listening to us for like too, too long. Ivan? Yeah, no, I just... just uh, Actually, the question that I wanted to ask a little bit earlier, it was answered during the during the, the conversation. The fact that you know I'm a digital strategist. I deal with you know with clients trying to help them uh, connect with their with their audience, connect with their with their users, and and very often, like as I mentioned, here in Poland, uh, where is most 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 of the work that I'm doing currently, uh, people don't get Twitter. They don't understand it. It's it's something that is used by politicians and journalists. That's that's pretty much how it's the the the, the the way it's considered here. Um, yeah. And I was just thinking, you know, there is the fact that, you know, what would be, you know, one piece of advice that you will give to, to let's say, to a digital strategist like, me, like myself or to agencies or, or, or to the marketing, the brand manager that wants to convince the, uh, the, the, their boss that they should try this media, that this medium is, is it's, it, it has accomplished incredible success globally, not because it's, it's, just used by journalists and politicians, but because it really has a very, very, very powerful uh, impact on, on society as a whole. So what would be one advice that you will give to, to somebody like this? Um, well, 
I don't know where to begin about that. But I think if I'll sum it up, it's really about real-time moments and real-time opportunities that anyone can capitalize on. And I think that's why we are a really, really great platform to actually complement not just our own messaging, but even your messaging on other mediums like TV and um, other apps, other social networks, right? That's one. Um, I think our commitment to no censorship and press freedom as a whole is very noteworthy and very commendable. And that is something that I absolutely love about Twitter because we always would respect the user's voice and give priority to our users over anything else. And um, I think what brands and pe what people can ask when they say, oh, would my user data be compromised? Would it be um, shortchanged in any way? We would never do that as a company. I think that is the, uh, th that's a good part about Twitter. Um, on your point about it just being reserved about politicians and reserved for people who are just too vocal and have too many things to say per se, right? I think the truth is many different countries, uh, if you look at behaviors, depending on the societal fabric, you use Twitter very differently because it's almost like an anthropological exercise on how people use a live public compositional medium to express themselves or to look on the platform. So I think in your case, you know, in Europe, for instance, a lot of people, you have two sides of the camera which are very, very split, right? You have one side, which you know, very vocal, uh, very passionate about certain subjects. They are very um, opinionated about different things. But you also have the other side of the camp that just relentlessly consume and would never dare to speak up because they feel that um, if they speak up, they would either sound stupid or you know they they don't want to be compared to all these you know intelligent people who are speaking online. And and I've had people tell me, oh, you know what? I just use Twitter all day, but I don't tweet anything. I just like to read. And I just occasionally like to reply to some friends of mine that I trust. And you know what? It's fine. It really is from the user perspective because we all use Twitter in different ways. So I would say to really sum it up, for a brand, there's real-time moments and real-time opportunities that you can take advantage of. For users, we all use it in a different way. It doesn't mean that you have to tweet all day about your lunch, breakfast, dinner, and your drink just, just, just to feel involved and feel like you're using a platform fruitfully. Um, and I think... The more important thing is just to make sure you have fun on the platform. I mean, a lot of us take this whole technology and social media thing too seriously. I mean, we love it. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> right? But it's like, it's like we take it too seriously sometimes. Like, you, you think about taking a picture of ourselves, like a selfie, and say, oh, you know what? I don't think I look good at this angle. I'm going to retake the photo and put this different filter on it and then post it up. You know what I mean? We just take it too seriously. You read this idea of ourselves online that sometimes isn't too real and well, we live an ideal version of ourselves on the internet, and I think that's why sometimes people don't dare to speak up on Twitter because they fear that it's too live, public, conversational. They would be judged immediately for it. But you know what? Well, that's an inherent deeper social. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So uh, we could go on like and uh, every show we do, but especially with you, Christelle, and we really appreciate the time you took uh, in the middle of your day in Singapore to talk with us. Uh, yeah. You're everywhere, so uh, 
you're on obviously on Twitter, and I, I would let you give you the, give the audience your your Twitter handle. But you also have a website, uh, LadyXtella.com. You're right on the Harvard Business Review. I think you still do that, right? The Huffington yeah. Post. Uh, you have. You still might be right on Medium, which is obviously yeah. an offspring of Twitter. So of yeah. course, the more the more so you do. Uh, you're all over the place, but especially on Twitter. So can you t give the audience your um, your handle because it's where they're going to be able to actually follow uh, the conversation. Sure, no problem. Well, my Twitter handle is Lady Exto. All right, so let me just tell you guys the story of why it's Lady Exto. Yes, I never knew it. So go ahead, please. <laughs> I was wondering too, also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I started my account on Christmas in 2007. In fact. My first tweet was about me drinking red wine and doing e-shopping. I'm not joking, by the way. I'm, I'm such an alcoholic. So, so really, everybody has like a glamorous first tweet, like, oh, trying out Twitter. Oprah went on and said, yay, capital, I'm on Twitter. And for me, my, my first tweet was literally, drinking red wine and e-shopping. The deals are too good to resist. I'm like, who the hell talks like that? That's me. So anyway, um, then I signed on to Twitter. My handle is actually just my name, just Crystal Quack. And I looked at it and went, that's too long. Seriously, it's way too long, right? So it was Christmas, and my name is Crystal, C-H-R-I-S-T-L. And I went, oh, Xmas is like Xto. That sounds good, so I should be Xto. But hold on a second. Xto is too short. and it's like four characters, which is not a very lucky number in you know Asia part of the world because four means die in well Mandarin and all, all, sorts, all sorts of Asian languages, right? So I went, okay, that's not very good. So let me just put a lady in front because um, at that time I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, but I was listening to a Lady Gaga song, so I said, oh, you know what, Lady X though, that would be a good one, would be a catchy name, and it stuck. So. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. So there's Christmas, Lady Gaga, e-shopping, and, and red wine. Everything's perfect. I mean, I'm, so you know what? Ivan and myself will actually come to share some red wine very soon in, in Singapore because I really, truly hope so. I mean, Ivan has never met you, so that would be really great to, to do so. Uh, I really have to cut this up because we, uh, I know, our, especially the guys who listen to us on podcast will actually again shout that we're being too long, Ivan and I. Thank you so much. Christelle, thank you so so much for having done so. We'll probably reinvite you uh, in the in the coming month, maybe at the earlier season three, because it was really amazing talking with you. You gave us a lot of insight, and I'm sure that a lot of people listening to us, and we have actually a lot of people. Yeah, I wanted to say that uh, the video uh, two two three weeks ago with Alex Hunter has hit more than eight thousand views. So that's actually very very good. We're very pleased with that. So. I, I know that a lot of people will listen to you, uh, uh, Christelle. They will actually follow the conversation with you on Twitter, obviously. So on that, guys, uh, have a good weekend, Christelle, actually, because you already, thank God, it's Friday. You're almost at the end thank of the week. It's Friday. I'm about to go and grab a drink later. Some red wine. For us, our day is just starting. So back to the future. Okay, guys, thank you, yeah. Christelle. Yeah. Bye. Thank Soon. you. Thank you, man. Bye-bye. Cheers, yeah. guys. Bye. Bye-bye.